Well, good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those of you uh, who are regulars, those of you who are guests. We're glad that you're here. And I want to welcome those of you who are watching online. We know that uh, many people, most people connect with us online before they ever come in person. And so we're grateful for the opportunity to connect with you in this way. And we look forward to seeing you soon when you can be with us. Um, we are starting, as those uh, announcements just said, a brand new series on the gospel according to dogs. Um, now, if that makes you a little uncomfortable that uh, we're about to compare God to a dog, and that sounds a little sacrilegious to you, let me help you, all right? Over and over in Scripture, we see uh, animals describing certain characteristics of God, and that there are certain uh, characteristics that animals have that point us to the goodness of God. And so these aren't in your notes, but if you want to write down a couple of these verses, I'll just list them for you here. In, in Exodus chapter 19, verse 4, uh, and in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11, uh, God is described as an eagle who can bear us up on his wings and, and can care for us in those ways. Uh, we see uh, Jesus actually, when he's going into Jerusalem uh, before his crucifixion, Jesus looks at uh, Jerusalem and, and he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I wish I could take you in as a mother hen would gather her chicks. And, and Jesus refers to himself as a mother hen. Um, we see the Holy Spirit in Scripture uh, in John chapter 1, verse 32 described as a dove in revelation chapter 5 verse 5 we see that um, jesus is referred to as the lion of the tribe of judah and uh so they're just over and over and over again we see images we see pictures where there are glimpses of the goodness of god and the characteristics of god as revealed in different animals uh, in john chapter 1 verse 36 john the baptist uh, sees Jesus, points to Jesus and says, look, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so we, we see all of these things and um, we know that in Scripture there's really only one creature that is made in the image of God, kind of perfectly, not, not perfectly, but, but we're given a soul, we're given the breath of life, and it's humans. We are made, Scripture says, in the image of God. And uh, the fact that God gave us a soul, God made us eternal beings, and, and we have characteristics that no other animal has, but we also know that all creation can point to the goodness of God, that, that all creation can uh, show us parts of the characteristics of God, and that all creation can reveal the glory of God. And I think there is nowhere else that this is truer than dogs. Um, there is just something about dogs when we see uh, their, their love and their loyalty and their unconditional care and they are always happy to see us and they're always happy uh, that we're around that there's just something that we see a glimpse of the goodness of God as revealed in dogs and so we're going to focus in on that today that's where we're headed um, but before we do that I want us to do a pop quiz and we, this is like all participation all right so everybody uh, we're, we're going to show some pictures 
And we're going to do a top 10 quiz of name that famous dog, all right? And so I'll show a picture, and then as soon as you know that dog, I want you to shout out the name of that dog, and we'll see how well you do. All right, so show that first picture for me. All right, Lassie. Okay, go to the next one. All right, uh, so the first service had a harder time getting that one as quickly, uh, Doug, from the movie Up. All right, go to the next one. Old Yeller, all right, so some of us know that better than others, and the next one, we'll all know this one, Scooby-Doo, Scooby all right, and then this one is maybe a little tougher, but uh, what's, what's this one? Hooch, that's right, from the movie Turner and Hooch, and, uh, and then the next one, Lady and Tramp, and uh, the next one? Toto, that's right, with Dorothy, uh, but Toto. Um, and then the next one, we should get this one. Clifford the Big Red Dog, all right? And then the next one, Snoopy. And then this one, you get bonus points if you get this one, if you know the names of the dogs. It's from where the Red Fern Grows book. And the names of the dogs are Old Dan and Little Ann. Um, I only know that because I just read that book to Landon. Um, however, um, those two dogs really characterize this uh, sacrificial love of God that we'll talk about a little later in the service. So I wanted them to be a part of this. And, uh, you know, the, the reason all those dogs are well known to us is because there are loving dogs. They're loyal dogs. They're faithful dogs. They're sacrificial. There's something that is characterized in all of those dogs that we love. There's something that's characterized in those dogs that, that we want to lean into. And we say, we, we like these characteristics. And, and all of these good characteristics just give us glimpses and point to the greater reality that God has all of these characteristics. And so a couple things I want to do before we jump into the content of your notes. Number one, I want to share with you something that was not in the announcements, and that is this Friday night at the Rockledge Dog Park, um, and I will send out a text message and an email with details. Uh, so if you're not part of my e-notes, sign up for that this week. Um, but uh, at the Rockledge Dog Park from about 6 to 8 p.m., uh, we are going to have an opportunity for the crossbridge dogs to mingle and mix. Uh, we're, we're big believers in show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Um, and so, you know, if you have a dog that needs some other Christian dog friends, uh, because, you know, they're just... They're just, you know, they, they, they just need a little bit of extra Jesus in them. Or you just want to have some fun. Uh, bring your dogs. Uh, Melanie and I and our family and our dog Molly will be there Friday night from about 6 to 8. Hanging out maybe 5 to 7. We'll figure out details. I'll send it out. Uh, but show up. It'll be fun if you have a dog. Uh, I suppose you could bring a cat at your own risk. Um, I don't know if that'd be smart. Um, but you would be welcome to do that. Um, so... Again, one, one last thing before we jump into the content is I want to explain, because a lot of people have asked me, are we ever going to do a series on the gospel according to cats? And I just want you to know that will never happen. Um, and I want to help you understand why that will never happen. I think this is important that you know my heart. Um, some of you are like, what is his deal with cats? So uh, I'm going to tell you my deal. I'm going to be a little vulnerable with you, kind of like show you some of my past traumas from childhood. Um, so I grew up with cats. My family, we had dogs. We had cats. We had lots of cats. We had some good cats. We had some okay cats. 
and we had some cats that were the spawn of Satan. Um, and, you know, they were just they, they, all across the board, okay? So, uh, but when I was a junior in high school, um, I was going out, and uh, I was going to go meet some friends. I was driving, this is really sad, I was driving my dad's Ford LTD. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up later and mock me uh, to yourself. But, so I'm driving this car, and I see on the side of the road this little kitten um, that is like, I can tell this kitten is like half, you know, I, I wasn't even sure if it was alive. It was just on the side of the road. So I, I did what anybody would do when you see a cat on the side of the road. No, I didn't do that. Some of you are like, oh, I didn't do that. I pulled over and I picked this cat up and I brought it home. I canceled all my plans. I gave this cat a bath. I picked all the fleas off of this cat. I nursed it back to health, right? I mean, weeks I cared for this cat. I nurtured this cat. I loved this cat. I poured myself into loving this cat. And in response for all of my goodness, for all of my love, in response for all of the care that I gave to this cat, this cat was evil. I mean, it was, it was one of those cats that you would like pet it for a while and it would purr and you would start to think, oh, it's had a change of heart. It's, it's gotten saved. And then at the last minute, it would like turn around and bite you and claw you. Um, you know, it was just, it was an evil, evil cat. And so I, I've got some trauma when it comes to cats. And um, I don't think I could ever preach a sermon on the gospel according to cats because of that cat. So I'll, I'll put this to rest though. I know there are good cats, okay? Save your emails save say because they're coming they're coming save them all right i know they're good i know your cat's awesome all right I, and i'm happy that you have a good cat i had a bad cat experience okay so um so we're going to talk about dogs because everybody has experiences or images or at least uh, there's good movies out there of dogs that in contrast to my experience with this cat, which I don't even remember the cat's name now, I've blocked it from my memory, um, but in contrast to that experience, we've all had experiences where we've seen loyalty from dogs. We've seen joy when we get to the door from dogs. We, we've seen, as Pastor Teresa talked about uh, in the parable of the prodigal son and the good father, like where instead of a father racing to greet us at the door, it's a dog that's so happy and running to greet us and welcome us. And, and we just see glimpses of the goodness of God as displayed in our dogs. And so I want us uh, in your notes, if you're following along, uh, to, to write a few things down. I've got three things that I think dogs point us to, and then I want us to see the greater reality uh, of Scripture, how it talks about God. The first one is that dogs display constant companionship. Dogs display constant companionship. There's just something about dogs. They just, we like to have them with us, they make us feel safe. Uh, but there's something about dogs where dogs always want to be with you. Do, do you see this? Um, if you've got a dog, you know this is true, that uh, there's just something about a dog. They always want to be with you. Um, we've got a little bitty tiny dog. Her name's Molly. Um, I've always been a big believer that I want to have a dog that if it ever goes crazy, I can take it in a fight. Um, and so, you know, we've got a really small dog. Um, and uh, so... Um, but Molly is the sweetest dog. She does not bark. Um, she is, I mean, she just won't bark. We have a little bell that she rings when she wants to go outside. Um, she's like, 
but she always is under the table. Now, we've got four kids, so some of this is like she's looking for some scraps. I know, uh, but she likes to be at our feet. If there's a movie going, she wants to be on the couch with us watching the movie, and whoever's got the softest blanket or the softest pillow is the one who gets the dog. It's just how it goes in our house. Um, that she, if you get up and you go to another room and she's in the room with you, she will get up and follow you into the other room. She just, she always wants to be with us. And this is true. Uh, if you have a dog, you, you've experienced this, you've seen, there's just something about dogs, how they, they like to be with you. They like to be present with you. They like to walk alongside of you. And, and uh, there is 103 times in scripture where we see that this truth about dogs is just pointing to a greater truth about our Heavenly Father. 103 times in Scripture, we see that the Bible says, God is with you, and He will not forsake you, and He will not abandon you. And over and over and over we hear this phrase, He is with you, do not be afraid. Have you ever noticed, I don't know, um, you know, our little dog couldn't protect our family very well, um, but there's just something about having our little dog that makes you feel safer. That, that makes you feel like you don't have to be afraid. If I ever go out of town and Melanie is by herself, you can bet that Molly will be in the bed uh, because there's just something about a dog that makes her feel safer, even though Molly couldn't take anybody in a fight. Um, but there is, most dogs will bark if a stranger shows up at the door. Most dogs and certain breeds of dogs can even be very vicious to protect their owners uh, in a, a time of danger. So there is something that we see about the fact that God is with us and that he wants to walk with us and comfort us. In Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, it says this, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither, neither fail you nor abandon you. Dogs give us this sense of protection this sense of, of, of comfort that they want to be with us, and they just point to the greater reality that God is always with us, that He always wants to walk with us, that, that He wants to be our strength, our helper, our guide, that He won't abandon us, He won't leave us. Last week, we had a, a funeral for a, a long-time member of our church and a dear friend, Steve Green, and Steve walked through this valley of the shadow of death. And, and in his funeral last week, I talked about Psalm 23. In Psalm 23, verse 4, it, it says this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And, and I just thought about how as Steve walked through that valley of the shadow of death, he, he didn't walk alone. He didn't walk alone, that the Lord walked with him hand in hand every moment. And, and Steve's very last breath here on this earth was his first breath in the presence of God, where he heard, well done, good and faithful servant. And, and I just, I think about this, this valley of the shadow of death and, and how we all have to walk through that. Every, it is 100% guaranteed, unless the Lord comes back first, all of us are going to die one day. All of us will walk through that valley of the shadow of death. But we don't have to fear death because we don't walk alone. 
that Scripture promises us. I, we want Scripture to say, you'll never go through difficult times. You'll never go through hard times. That, that's what we wish the Bible said. But the Bible actually doesn't say that. The Bible assures us that there will be, in this life, there will be hardships. There will be toils. There will be trials. In this life, in this world that we live in that has fallen and broken, God gives free will to people. And we use that free will to do sinful things. God gives us free will. We use that free will to hurt ourselves and hurt others. And, and what Scripture tells us is because people abuse their free will, because we live in a fallen world, there will be hardships, there will be trials, but it promises us over and over and over again that as we go through those hard times, as we go through those trials, even as people abuse their free will and hurt us and others, God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. There is comfort and there is strength in that. And so in your notes, if you haven't written it down already, is, is this greater truth that God is always with you. God is always with you. Our, our dogs point to this, but the reality is, is uh, God is always with us. And we don't have to, even when your dog can't be with you, and we live in a society now where people are trying to take their dogs everywhere with them. Uh, they're flying on planes and they're doing all kinds of things. I, I, think, I think an uptick, pr particularly because of COVID and just the, the challenges of COVID, there's been an even greater uptick in, in comfort dogs and, and dogs that will you know, give people support. I, I think a large part of that is because people don't realize God is always with them. That, that it is true that a dog can give that, but even when your dog can't be with you, God is always with you. He's always providing that strength and that presence for you. Number two, though, it kind of leads right into that, is this. Uh, dogs offer us comfort and care. That's just, it's part of the reason that there are these emotional support dogs, right? Because there is something real and there is something tangible about a, a support animal and that dogs do this really well. I was reading this week about uh, the Catholic or the Lutheran charities actually um, has a group of dogs. They're um, all of these dogs. They're called canine comfort dogs. They're golden retrievers. There's about 120 of these uh, canine comfort dogs. And these, these are not the only uh, kind of support dogs there are. There's lots of organizations that do this. Uh, but this Lutheran Charities, what they do, they have these 120 dogs spread out about over 23 states, and they're in groups of 10 or 12 people, 10 or 12 dogs, and they go into places where there have been traumas, places where there have been uh, a, a mass, uh, you know, tragedy of some sort after the Boston Marathon uh, explosion, all, all kinds of different things. They'll bring these dogs in to hospitals or to places where there have been tragedies, and these dogs will give comfort, and these dogs will give care. I, I read this quote um, by uh, Tim Hetzner, who's the president of Lutheran Charities. He said this, Often the wounded and grieving find great solace in petting the dogs. And then he went on to say this, he said, in some cases, they actually talk directly to the dogs because they are good listeners. How many of you know dogs are good listeners? How many of you ever had a dog listen to you really well? Uh, they are confidential, he said. They don't take notes. And they're non-judgmental. And they just love you. 
I mean, isn't that just a beautiful picture? And, and the, the thing is, is when we see this in dogs and we say, oh, well, this is a great, all this is doing is pointing us to the greater reality of what God says he wants to do for us, that he wants to be a good listener, that he wants to walk with us and comfort us and give us care. Um, when I was a little kid, uh, we had a dog named Casey most of my childhood. And uh, Casey was a big, big dog. Like, when I say big, I don't mean like really tall big. I mean like he was short, but he was big and rotund big. He looked like he swallowed a watermelon is what he kind of looked like. Um, But this dog was the sweetest dog. And I have so many memories when I was upset about something, when I was angry about something. I remember going in my bedroom and, and laying in my bed and like holding on to my dog, Casey, and just crying and talking to my dog. And my dog was such a good listener. Um, and, and would just comfort me. Um, and not too long ago, I had had a difficult day, and it was, it was kind of one of those bad moments and days. I came home, and Molly, uh, our little dog, was there, and she's usually pretty rambunctious, but I kind of put my head against Molly's forehead and just put my head to her head. And I mean, instantly, it was like she knew that I was having a bad day, and she just kind of began to lick my hand and just... I mean, I just thought, you know what, this, it was just a reminder of the comfort and the care that our Heavenly Father wants to give. And and I'll tell you, as good as dogs are at this, and they're great at it, as good as dogs are, they're not as good as our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father wants to give us comfort and care, is always ready to listen when we have crying out in prayer and needs and concerns. Our, our Heavenly Father is always ready to listen to us. Um, I, I was thinking of the passage in John chapter 14, verses 16 through 30, when, when Jesus is explaining to his disciples, I'm about to leave you, but I'm not going to leave you alone, that I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, will be your comforter will be the one that will come near to you and, and provide you comfort and care in, in ways that no dog is even able to do. The old hymn from 1855, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I put the lyrics there in your notes just so that you could have them and take them home with you. But it just says, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Those, those golden retrievers that uh, Lutheran charities have, um, they are just embodying in flesh and fur a greater reality of what God offers us in the comfort and care of our Heavenly Father. And this, this kind of brings us to uh, the passage that I want us to look at. And if you have your Bibles, uh, kind of as a, as a primary passage that I want to leave you, you can turn to Lamentations. Um, it's in, in your Bible. If you get to Jeremiah, just keep going. It's a short, uh, short book, five chapters, uh, right after the book of Jeremiah. I would encourage you this week uh, on your own to read this book. Um, But Lamentations is a book of complaining. And this is interesting that in Scripture, uh, God gives us a whole book of 
of someone just complaining. Uh, and it, it's helpful uh, for me to say, oh, God gives us permission to have these emotions. God gives us permission to, to say, this isn't good. I'm not happy about this. I don't like this. And God allows this. And there's a whole book of the Bible of just lamenting, complaining, having just, I, I don't like this situation. Um, and in fact, the book of Psalms, which is um, just all of, full of, of prayers uh, to God, um, the, the book of Psalms is broken into categories. I don't know if you know that, but there are different categories or different types of Psalms. And one of the types of Psalm is a lament Psalm. It's a complaint Psalm. It's a, in fact, of all of the Psalms, the largest category of Psalms are the lament psalms. And there are so many lament psalms. They, they start off like this. How long, O oh God, will you forget me forever? So whenever you read a psalm that starts off like that, that's a lament psalm. Uh, the, psalm the lament psalms say things like, Why have you forsaken me, God? The, the lament psalms say things like, Where are you, God? Why are you holding back your deliverance from me? They're, they're just... Whenever you have those like, Ugh, God, I don't like this, those are the lament psalms. Now, the book of Lamentations is a whole book full of that. Um, it was written uh, right after the Babylonians had destroyed Jerusalem. The Babylon Babylonian army had come in and, and wiped out Jerusalem, wiped out uh, everything uh, that the people of Israel had known. So somewhere around 586 B.C., uh, the, the temple that Solomon had built had been destroyed and burned to the ground. The, the palace that the king lived in had been destroyed and burned to the ground. The king himself, uh, right before the Babylonians, gouged out his eyes and blinded him forever. The last thing they wanted him to see was them murdering his sons in front of him, and then they gouged out his eyes so that he would remember that as the last thing he saw for the rest of his life. I mean, Horrible, horrible, tragic things. And then they hauled the king off and all of the prominent citizens to Babylon to exile. But before they did that, they killed tens of thousands of men, women, and children. It, it, was, it was a horrible, horrible event. There's nothing good about what happened in Jerusalem after the Babylonians came in and wiped it out. And the writer of Lamentations, uh, some people think it was Jeremiah the prophet. We don't know exactly who wrote the book of Lamentations. But the writer of Lamentations shows up at Jerusalem, sees the, the smoldering ashes of what's left of the city, knows that the tragedies that have taken place. And the writer of Lamentations, just his heart is broken. And, and he cries out to God. And in the first couple of chapters. It's just like, God, how could you let this happen? God, where are you? What's going on? The, the things that you feel when something terrible happens, he cries out with all of these things. And we get to Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. And after all of this crying out, after all of this broken heart, after all of this angst that is talked about and revealed in, in the first few chapters, we get to this passage in Lamentations chapter 3, Verse 22, it just says this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, 
The Lord is my inheritance, and therefore I will hope in him. In verse 25, I don't know if this is on the screen or not, but verse 25 says this. The Lord is good to those who depend on him and to those who search for him. And I would just encourage you this week on your own to, to read this book of Lamentations and, and to know that God's okay for you to have these kinds of feelings and, and for you to cry out. Now, here, here's what I love, though. In all of the lament psalms that start off, God, where are you? God, how have you forsaken me? God, what's going on? In all of those, they all end with, yet I will trust in the Lord. And what we see here is this, hey, I have all of these feelings, and I'm not sure if the writer of Lamentations actually felt this way when he said, God's mercies are new every morning. I don't know if he felt that way, but he said, I'm going to believe this is true, I'm going to declare this is true, and I'm going to keep believing it, and I'm going to keep saying it until one day I feel it. Because I don't feel it right now, but I'm going to keep saying it, and I'm going to keep believing it's true until one day I begin to feel it. And, and so we just see over and over and over this love of God, His mercies are new every morning. I think this is what the Apostle Paul was trying to help us understand in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 to 39. He says, I, and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below indeed. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Dogs can offer us some comfort and care. But this is what you need to write in your notes, that God is our comforter. That God is our comforter. That, that dogs just point to this greater reality of the truth that, that God walks with us and provides us comfort and care that no one else can. But we've got to come to Him and we've got to bring to Him our angst. We've got to bring to Him our hurts. And we've got to know that He allows us to come to Him with those things and to be able to say, God, I'm going to trust you, but this is how I feel. God, I'm going to love you and I'm going to believe that your mercies are new every morning, but this is how I feel right now. God's love for us is selfless and it is a committed love. And it's, it's not just a love of feelings, but God's love for us is a love of action it's a love of sacrifice, and we see this greater truth uh, of God that's kind of given glimpses in dogs as well. In your notes, you can just write this third one down, that dogs offer us sacrificial love. Dogs offer us sacrificial love. I, if you haven't read Where the Red Fern Grows recently, pick it back up and read it again, uh, and you'll catch a glimpse of the sacrificial love of a dog. Um, and I, I heard this story um, this week about Lily um, and Shirley. Uh, Lily uh, was a, a pit bull. Uh, Shirley was the owner, but before Shirley was the owner, uh, Lily was a pit bull that was up for adoption, but nobody wanted to adopt her um, because she was a pit bull and they've got some reputation. And, but she was a sweet, 
kind dog, and, and just she was about to be put down because no one was willing to adopt this dog. Um, and so right before she was put down, there was a police officer in Boston who decided that he wanted to adopt Lily and give Lily to his mom, Shirley. Um, his mom, Shirley, suffered with uh, alcoholism, suffered with depression, had lots of, uh, lots of uh, trauma and, and challenges going on in her life. And uh, he felt like, maybe if I give this dog to my mom, this dog can kind of give my mom a purpose to live, can give my mom someone to love, and it, it'll be someone that can un- something that can unconditionally love my mom, and, and maybe that'll pull my mom out of this alcoholism, out of this depression that she's in. And uh, so he adopted the dog, gave Lily uh, to his mom, Shirley, and, and this is exactly what happened. Um, it, it did exactly what the son hoped, uh, that his... Uh, his mom came out of this place of depression, uh, just began having a dog to just love and a dog who loved her unconditionally uh, and a dog that needed her, uh, had her stop drinking. She came out of this just dark place that she was in. And for about three years, uh, she was completely alcohol-free, uh, completely in a great place in life. Uh, but then it was one night where Shirley went to go visit a friend, and this is just another reminder to me, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Um, she went to go visit a friend, and her friend uh, still had alcohol in her life, and she took Lily on a walk to go visit her friend, and uh, her and Lily went to this friend's house, and this friend was going through a difficult time, and this friend, in the midst of this difficult time, uh, was drinking and offered Shirley a drink. And Shirley hesitated, and she didn't want to take it, and she didn't want to, but it was offered multiple times, and finally Shirley took the drink. Um, and that drink led to another drink, which led to another drink, which led to another drink, which led to another drink, and, and finally she was completely intoxicated. Um, and it was time to go home, and fortunately, even though she was in no state to go home, Lily knew the way home. And so Lily, who she had taken on a walk, was now taking her owner on a walk, and Lily began to lead Shirley home. Uh, but, and this is, this is a true story. Um, on the way home, Lily and Shirley had to cross over some railroad tracks. Um, and when they got to the railroad track, Shirley lost her footing and stumbled and got her foot stuck on the railroad track. And as she was on the railroad track, shortly thereafter, a train began to come and the lights could be seen from a distance. Uh, so this dog, Lily, began with all of her might to try to pull Shirley off of the tracks. Um, and, and she couldn't get her off of the tracks. And so because she, after all of her might, couldn't get her off the tracks, she did the next thing that she knew. She ran towards the train to get in between her owner and the train. And the train conductor saw the dog, pulled the brake, um, and, and stopped the train, but not before it hit this dog, Lily. It had cut off one of its paws, caused all kinds of internal damage in the dog, and it actually pushed the dog all the way up to its owner, Shirley, but the train never touched Shirley. And even though this dog was terribly wounded, had one of its paws completely cut off, it clawed its way over to its owner. 
to make sure that Shirley was okay and to make sure that Shirley was safe. I want you to see a picture of this dog, Lily. Um, this is uh, the dog. She survived this tragic accident. She's got a lot of scars. Um, this remarkable story has been told all across the country. Um, in fact, she has, let me verify this number, as of this weekend, I checked, she has 369,000 fans on Facebook. Um, I think it's probably the most famous pit bull uh, there is. Um, Lily, this dog, is this powerful story of sacrificial love, right? That she was willing to, in an instant, lay down her life for her master. She was, she was willing to do whatever it took to save her master, no matter what it did to her. And, and you know, we, we know humans have the ability to lay down our lives for other humans, right? We, we see this regularly with police officers and firefighters and military members. We, we know that, that we have the capacity to lay down our lives for others. But we see this in dogs, that dogs would regularly lay down their lives for the sake of their owner or their master uh, to protect them in whatever way necessary. We see in John chapter 15, verse 13, Jesus says this, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Josh Billings uh, once said, A dog is the only thing on earth that loves you more than he loves himself. And I would respectfully disagree with Josh Billings, and I would suggest that there is one other being who loves you more than he loves himself, and, and that is characterized in the sacrificial love of God, and, and particularly in the sacrificial love of what Jesus did for us when God in flesh came to us, walked among us, and ultimately laid down his life on a cross for my sins, and for your sins, there is no greater way for God to say, I love you completely than to say, I'm willing to lay down my life for you, that I'm willing to sacrifice myself for you. Ephesians in chapter 3, verses 18 to 19, the apostle Paul prays this prayer, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. And then you will be made more complete with all of the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Romans 5.8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. When we, when we see the, the death of Christ on the cross, God in flesh, we're reminded of just the lengths that God is willing to go to love us unconditionally. And, and so God, dogs point to this. They, they give us hints of this. But the greater reality is that God was willing to sacrifice himself for us. And so um, you, you probably... As much as I like to think you'll remember my sermons forever, uh, you probably won't remember this sermon six months from now. Um, but one of the things I hope you will remember is the next time you go home and your dog is running to the door to greet you, 
that you would be reminded that uh, our Heavenly Father is always running to greet you. Uh, my hope is, is the next time that you're sad and, and you're having a difficult day and, and your dog offers you comfort and a good listening ear, that you're reminded that God wants to listen to all of your hurts and all of your complaints and all of your woes that, that he is listening and he wants to provide you care and he wants to provide you comfort. And my hope is, is that the next time you watch a movie or the next time you read The Red Fern Grows and you see an image of the sacrificial love of a dog for their owner, that you'd be reminded that God's love for you is even greater than that and that he's gone to great lengths to show you and, and model for you his love. And so just remember these three things uh, as we end here, that God is always with you, that God is your comforter, and that God loves you more than you could possibly imagine or believe. That God loves you more than you could possibly imagine or believe. And that love has the ability to change your life, if you'll allow it. So I want to pray with us, uh, if you'll bow your heads, and I want to just ask that uh, God would help us understand this greater truth of his love, and, and we're, Lord, we are thankful, we're thankful for dogs, we're, we're thankful for the, the reminders that they give us, we're thankful for the ways that they point us to a greater truth and a greater reality. Lord, we are so thankful that you show us and you model for us and, and you demonstrate to us through creation and through dogs your love, your unconditional love. We're, we're thankful that through our dogs we're able to see your comfort and your care. Through our dogs we're able to know that you are always with us and we don't have to be afraid. And, and Lord, these glimpses that we get of your character, these glimpses that we get of your goodness and your love through our dogs, we thank you for that today. And God, I pray right now that you would be with those that are here who maybe they've believed that for a while that, that you were angry with them. Maybe they've They've believed for a while that, that you were upset with them and that they, they somehow couldn't approach you because of how you felt about them. Lord, I pray that they would be reminded today that as much as their dog is happy to see them when they get home, as much as their dog runs to greet them when they turn towards their dog, that, that that's just a picture of how you want to run and greet them today how you want to rush to them. And, and just as the parable that Jesus taught us of the loving father who ran to his son, who, who came to him and, and, and greeted him with a hug and an embrace, Lord, that, that you want to do that for some today. So Lord, those that, that feel far from you, those that feel distant from you, even in these moments, we just, we just ask you, Lord, would you, would you forgive us? Would you receive us back? Lord, we are thankful for your love. Would you take us and work in us, give us comfort and give us strength and help us to not be afraid of the things that are raging all around us in a world that is filled with fear, that is driven by fear. May we be a people that know that you are always with us and that we don't have to be afraid that you're always with us, that we don't have to be filled with the fear that our society is filled with for all kinds of different reasons. God, thank you for your comfort. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for our dogs. 
that just remind us of these greater truths of who you are. Lord, we love you today. We thank you that you are a good, good father and that you reveal this to us through our animals. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand together? Let's sing this song together just as we close. Amen. So the purpose of this series is not actually to teach us about the goodness of dogs. The purpose of this series is to teach us about the goodness of God as reflected oftentimes in our dogs. My hope for you is that if you've got a dog when you go home today and your dog races to the door to greet you, you'll be reminded that our Heavenly Father is always running after you with His love. My hope is, is that if you've got a dog and you get home and he's just ready to greet you and he's got a wagging tail and is showing and expressing his or her love for you, that you would be reminded of the unconditional sacrificial love and the comfort that our Heavenly Father gives you. And if you've got a cat, I hope they can do some of that too. So, hey, go in his peace. I'll look forward to seeing you back next week. And hey, Friday night, let's meet at the dog park. I'll send out the details. Blessings.